This is your host, Tim Palladino, reminding you to please like and subscribe. And if you really dig what we're doing, please leave a review wherever possible. So really understanding, like, who am I and what kind of a message do I have to share? The first step to doing that is actually clearing out all the stuff that's in there that mm. tells you nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Melanie Spring is hell-bent on amplifying voices through brand strategy and public speaker training. She loves helping kick-ass humans make their side hustle a full-time gig where entrepreneurs find the voice they were made to share. Not only do we talk about this during our time, but we spend a lot of quality time talking about our journey in becoming the latest versions of ourselves as we evolve in our life and our business. Hope you enjoy the show. My name is Tim Palladino and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Hierarchy of Needs podcast. Melody Spring, thank you so much for being here. Um, we got a lot to talk about. I'm excited. I'm so excited, yeah. Tim. Yeah. Today we're going to be uh, uh, maybe talking about people refining their voice and finding their voice and getting their voice out there into the world because someone's waiting to hear what you have to say, right? Yeah. They've been waiting for a long time, but most people are too afraid to say anything. So Yeah. And I can contest to that. Uh, it took me... You know, I'm a pre, you know me for a while, long enough to know that I'm a loud mouth. But when it comes to actually putting your heart and soul and what you believe out on the line, like, you know, like a podcast like this, it's difficult. There's a lot of demons that you got to fight just to get over the hump of I'm good enough to say words that people yeah. might listen to. It's so silly. Um, so that's why I think what you do is so, so powerful and so I'm going to use the word necessary. It's something that whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Like that's one of the things I want to talk to you about is like, who is like your ideal market? Who do you serve the most? Whether you're an entrepreneur or not, this is important. You know, whether you're a mother or a firefighter, finding who you are, your voice, what you stand for, all of this, this refining as a person is so damn important. Um, who do you generally work with with stuff like this? Well, I recently changed my entire business model to only doing Great. private client work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, cool. perfect timing and everything. Um, you and I have been trying to do this podcast episode for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I think it was supposed to happen now. So I'm really glad that I waited Good. and let that happen. Good. I think <laughs> um, so. So my private clients are typically entrepreneurs. I work with a lot mm -hmm. of corporate C-suite VP level humans, but most of the people I'm working with are entrepreneurial and they're typically, I call them kick-ass humans. They have to be willing mm -hmm. to be a kick-ass human, but that means that they're on the path to mastery, that they are ready to dig into their consciousness and understand who they are and why they're showing up, why they're mm -hmm. saying what they need to say and when they have to say it, that they're willing to have the confidence to say it, even if it's yeah. hard. So most of my clients are typically people who either are working in their jobby job and at some point want to quit and be able to be their full-time selves, you know, in their own businesses or people who are working in spaces where they know that they need to be entrepreneurial, whether they have the company themselves or they're the one running mm. the company. Yeah, that that's, that's good. You make a lot of good points there. The, um, there's a transition. I mean, working their jobs and then going into something like this, this is, this is, this is part of personal development. Yeah. You know, at so many levels. And once again, I'm just gonna I'm gonna beat a dead horse. The the refining of who we are as a person is so important. And I don't think this is something that you do once necessarily, right? Like you you kind of like create the cast and then you mold on top of that. 
Yeah. Well, you have the foundational pieces of it. So all yeah. of us have the training from school that taught us what to do or what not to do. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of that's what not to do. And mm -hmm. then you start learning who you are over time. And a lot of people end up getting into their sixties before they go, wait, this is who, wait, hold on. I missed a whole bunch of stuff. Did I, am I, this is who I'm supposed to be. And in reality, most of us should be looking at it when we're in our twenties, which none of yeah. us do. Cause all of us are like, complete idiots when we're in our twenties mm -hmm. and we just have to get through that phase. My husband accepted because he did all of his personal development work in his twenties, but then looking at your life and thinking, okay, your thirties are when you really start seeing who you really are. And then yeah. as you get older, it just becomes more and more clear, but most people don't really look at it until it's almost too late. It's not too late. It's never too late. And mm -hmm. if we get a chance to find out who that is early enough and not regret the time that we didn't spend correctly. Didn't. We, yeah. we didn't have to, it was our time. We all are destined in the way that we're destined, but mm -hmm. we also get a chance to choose to become better people earlier. Yeah, that's very true. And that's kind of like part of the genesis of what the entrepreneur hi entrepreneur's hierarchy of need is. When I, as I sold my business, you know, it was very soon after we met, I lost my mind. I didn't know, I didn't know who I was anymore because I was so wrapped up in being this business owner, working too many hours and all these stories that were, were, were trapped in my head. And then I finally had the opportunity, I'll call it, to ask myself these questions. Who am I? What do I like? What is this? What is that? And actually sit down with myself. And I think that is such a, a, a privilege to be able to have the time and I guess wherewithal too, right? To, to ask yourself that question, because that's not what we're taught. We're taught to follow X program, follow this path and never kind of look in. Yeah. And that looking in is the biggest, most important work that we need to do. Mm -hmm. We can be entrepreneurs. We can be high level people at companies. We can be whatever the track is for us. But yeah. if we're not looking at who we really are and how we're really showing up, not just how we think we're showing up, but truly how are we really showing up? I recently found out that I am a major people pleaser. I can now mm. see them look back and go, oh yeah, totally. It served me for a really long time. I have sure. a huge community. People like me. I'm really easy to get along with. And the other side of that coin is that I was using my charm instead of my actual expertise and who I really am to piss people off and to make them uncomfortable and to get them to go, uh-uh, I don't like that. I'm like, good. Why don't you like that? Where is that going? Yeah. And why do you feel that way? To be able to yep. go into that and get deeper, it's now allowing me to see how much, I mean, all of us are people pleasers in some way. Like we all yeah. want to be liked. We don't want to just, we don't want to be hated. We don't want other people not to like us, but it does serve us in a way that allows us to become who we really are meant to be, to be able to push those buttons and not always be liked because of it. It's true. It's true. And it, it's, it's a lot in, in my opinion. I mean, obviously barring being a jerk in my opinion, it makes sense to, to be real and blunt and authentic, even if it is a little uncomfortable at times. Um, you know, as, a, as children, we have that, we have that feeling that we, we, we learn to people please because it's a matter of survival, you know, and as early as a species, it's a matter of survival. And we, we don't get to shake that very often. Like we don't have the opportunities to shake that in high school and we go to college and we get a job and, you know, we're always in that, like, Oh, I have to look up to a mom and dad, some kind of like parental figure and make them happy or else I can't be happy instead of, I could have to make me happy and then I can make everybody else happy, happy afterwards and in a better way. 
Um, so yeah, going to what you were saying, it, it's because I kind of learned the same thing too. Because I was a very big people pleaser, and it was it was actually giving. I was having negative effects because I was putting everybody else first, and then I would be left with no energy and and emotional crumbs. You know, because yeah. I'd just be like, Ugh, you know, I'm a little bit worn. Um, and then I got to the point where you know, he comes off as a jerk sometimes. And I definitely don't mean it that way. But like when I'm having conversations with people, I'm as real as possible. I just muted myself by accident. <laughs> I said X and then um, I'm sorry, you said X. And then this happened. Like these two things don't, they don't jive. And then just saying that to people kind of freaks people out. And they're like, oh, you're being, a, you're being, you're being mean. It's like, no, you just said two things. Like, which one is it? Let's, let's get to the other side of this fun bridge. Um, but I think it's necessary. And, and because I've had those kind of conversations with people, the right ones stick around and they're like, Oh no, 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 no. This is a valuable relationship because there's, there's love and respect. Mm-hmm. We're trying to grow together. So that's, that's, that's important to me in my relationships. Yeah. Well, and th- what you just said, it was funny. A lot of people say like, okay, we're humans and we, you know, over our history have had to start with, and we go all the way back in time to when we used to have to be chased by lions or tigers or bears and, you know, the whole thing. When in reality, if we just think, let's think back to when you were five, how did you learn how to be a people pleaser? How did you learn how to just be liked by the people around you? A lot of us ended up with some, some traumatic situations, or Mm -hmm. even if you had a really blessed life, if your mom said no to something, you weren't like, Oh, well, I'm challenging you on this. You're like, okay. Cause my mom said I have to like, yeah. we could ask why, but it wasn't allowed to be this something because we had to learn a certain way. And I think a lot of that ends up becoming over time, people pleasing and putting ourselves, mm-hmm. like you said, not first and allowing other people to do what they want to do. I was a total introvert as a kid. My mom had no idea what that meant. None. Mm-hmm. She's a super extrovert, could not figure out for the life of her, how she had this kid who wanted to sit in her room all day. So I was forced to have to interact with people, which I can say I've, I've been a, I've been created into a bit of an extrovert, but I am definitely not innately that way. And really understanding that I can take my downtime. I don't have to just give everything all the time. I still do because I, I know how to do that, but now really taking time for me to say, I'm not interested in that. And yes, I'm going to get a little FOMO but I don't care because I need this time for me to be able to replenish my energy. Yeah. It seems that you've fallen into a pattern that I kind of just found over the last year of honoring yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the, as cheesy as it sounds, I always say a better me for a better we, like I can't serve you if I'm crumbling. Like yeah. I, I can't, I can't be your foundation as much as I want to be. If I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not, whatever that means, whether it be exercising every day or eating properly or, just taking alone time and journaling. If, mm-hmm. if we don't take care of ourselves, then we can't, then we can't expect to understand ourselves because that especially alone time. Oh yeah. Big time. Well, one thing that you just mentioned was like, there's all these things we can do to take care of ourselves. And a lot of that seems, I've always thought of it as like, I have to do these things or I can't function. And I recently learned that it wasn't just about how I take care of myself on my own. Like, yes, I can eat healthy and work out and get my journaling and my meditation and like really take some time off. The, the other end of that was how much energy am I putting into another person? So like I would show up on a sales call, let's say, and the person would be sitting back and kind of going like kind of grumpy face. Like, I'm like, how are you doing? And they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm fine. It's like, it's fine, whatever. And I would always go, 
hi, how's it going to try to pull them up to my level. And I had no idea that that one shift in energy, I would get to five o'clock and not need a glass of wine at the end of the day, because I was so exhausted from putting all of my energy out. That one tiny shift in going, "Ah, I can sit there with them in it and not have to try to bring them up to my level, which as an introvert pulls all of my energy out of me and throws it at someone else, hoping that I can bring them to my level. When in reality, that was just me people pleasing going, I can't let them sit in their shit. What, What if I did? What if I let them sit in it? What if I let them feel it? That was such a huge shift for me recently. And I'm just, it's amazing how much less time I need by myself to be able to recharge yep. now. It's it, that's an excellent, excellent point because I'm I'm uh, kind of marinating in some of those thoughts now because I'm I'm a lot less. I'm doing the things that I want to do, and the conversations with the people that I'm around are force multiplying, mm-hmm. or emotional multipliers. Like I get really like I don't want to stop sometimes. Instead of that five o'clock where it's like I I just need something to stop me like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I now, I now have that, that I can't wait. Like last night, I couldn't wait to go to bed. I told my girlfriend, I was like, I can't wait to go to bed because I cannot wait to work, wake up and work and do these things that we're so pumped about building. And, and that, that's, that, that's my indicator that I'm doing, going in the right direction. You know, mm-hmm. if my passion is paving a road and I just can't, I can't turn off that machine. That that's my indicator. I'm going the right direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're heading in the direction and it's feeding you, it's not sucking you dry. Totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about finding your voice. Let's, let's, let's get back, get back on track. I don't know where we went, but I like it, but I'm in, I'm here for it, whatever way you want (laughs) to go. (laughs) So, so what's the, what's the process uh, look like when it comes to kind of like rectify, I'm sorry, clarifying, identifying and clarifying what your voice is and being able to get it out there. Oh, that's a huge question. It's a, <laughs> so, it's a very large question. It can probably last yeah. another 45 minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that all day. But yeah, the the idea is that most of us have something to say. All of us, I would say, have something to say. But most of us have something to say that the world really needs to hear from us. Mm-hmm. And when we don't take a chance to really think about how we're saying what we need to say, we don't we don't put ourselves out there the way that we need to. Let me clarify that. So when I'm saying my message to the world, when I'm posting on social media, and this voice is not just speaking, it's your content, it's your videos that you're doing, your webinars, your training, your one-on-one stuff with your client, all of those things are wrapped up in your voice. And a lot of people don't really think about that. They're like, well, I'm not a speaker, so I don't need to do this. I'm like, "Mm, but you have a voice and you have a message and you want to share that with people. So really understanding like, who am I and what kind of a message do I have to share? The first step to doing that is actually clearing out all the stuff that's in there that Mm. tells you nobody wants to hear what you have to say, because that's the thing that stops anybody from being fully themselves. And usually people get on stage and they're like, oh, well, I'm just nervous because I'm not I don't like public speaking or I don't like but I'm like, you speak all the time. You speak to people. You speak to Mm -hmm. humans all the time. You don't dislike public speaking. You don't want anyone to say something like that would cause you to look like an imposter on stage or like you don't know what you're talking about. You don't like the comments on your YouTube video that tell you that you're not very good or that you're not pretty or that you're not hot enough for doing this. And people, people won't put themselves out there or even start sharing their voice because they're so afraid of the backlash of other people might not like me. 
So that clarity yeah. comes from really understanding what do I have to say and what will I stand behind no matter who says something negative about it, no matter what happens that other people don't like it, what am I willing to say that I will stand behind to the death? Even if I'm wrong, even if someone has a really great argument on why I should think the opposite way, at least you started a conversation, at least you started sharing your voice and at least you would you would actually stand up for it. So that I would say, would say would be the first step to clarifying your voice. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that also brings up another great point in, you know, everything is, is a matter of evolution, right? We're, we're allowed to be wrong. And that's something that took me a long time to understand. And I still struggle mm -hmm. with it sometimes being honest. Um, we're allowed to be wrong. I'm allowed to be wholehearted for something and then realize I'm actually against it or it's nuance. And maybe I need to put a little bit more time in developing my understanding, but I, I, I think there's a, yeah, a paralyzation, a paralyzation that happens when we try, when we try and be a public speaker instead of yeah. just speak right yeah. on what we know, what we feel, what we, what we accept from our understandings and express, because it's really funny that you, cause that's one of the things I think about now and, I don't do public speaking. I just speak because it totally changes the dynamic of it. I'm not, because when people think public speaking, like they imagine they're like Dave Chappelle and, and in front of like 50,000 people, it's like, no, you're probably in front of 10 or 20, maybe a hundred if you're lucky. Um, and you're just speaking to each one of them, mm -hmm. not speaking to all of them. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that, that really shifted the way I, I did things. Um, cool. So like when it, when after, after kind of, uh, refining that understanding, what are some tools or some questions we can ask ourselves to, to really get a better understanding of who we are and what we have to say? You're going in on all of the big possible topics today. Like how do we figure out who we are? Okay. Let me talk about how, pretty existential. You know, I know I was going to say, this sounds like something you ask God at the end of your life. <laughs> who am I? Well, so that's one of the questions that I like to ask people when it comes to what is your personal brand? And a lot of people mm. are like, I don't have a personal brand. And I was like, yeah, well, my dad has a personal brand and he doesn't have a website. He doesn't have yeah. a logo. He doesn't, he's, his name's Bob Harris. That's, that's who he is. His name is Bob Harris. And if you talk to him, he's Bob, he's not grandpa, he's Papa Bob, you know, like he's, he's got his own yeah. brand. We all have our own brands. Like we have a brand when we walk into a room and it's really understanding who we are and how we're showing up and what other people are saying about us. Because if we don't ask other people to help us understand who we are and how we're showing up, we might think we show up one way when we show up the opposite. Like 10 years ago, yeah. if someone asked, said something about me, they would say, oh, I was totally afraid to talk to you. And I'm like, why were you afraid to talk to me? And they're like, well, you just seem like you have everything together. And like, you seem like you're so put together and you like, you don't seem like you have been through anything. So you couldn't understand me. And I was like, well, that's a lot of judgment that you just put on me without even talking to me first. And after they yeah. meet me, they're like, oh my gosh, you could be my best friend. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really nice. Why would you think that? And yeah. most people are judging themselves while they judge you. So if you get a chance to see what's the filter that they're filtering you through and how are you showing up for them and how do you want to show up? Like, is yeah. your outside matching your inside? Is your inside matching your outside? Are you showing up the way that you really want to show up and understanding also who are you is in like, what's your purpose here? Like, why are you really here? And it, 
changes a lot, unless you are on the neurodiverse scale, mostly that those are the only people who know at three exactly what they're going to be for the rest of their lives. Everyone else is, you know, figuring it out and moving (laughs) darn those people who know exactly who they want to be. But it's really figuring out like for some people, it's being a mom or a dad for a certain amount of time. And then their next purpose is running a business or helping people with something. But it's typically looking at the four things. This is usually how I help people with this piece of it is, and it takes a long time once you start doing it, but the four things are what I love to do, what I'm genetically engineered to do, like what I'm really good at doing, what the world needs from me and the thing I can make money doing. So Mm. being able to put those four things together and go, who am I and how am I showing up in the world? And how can I make sure that I show up for the people I want to show up for putting all those pieces together? That's the short answer of how do you figure out who you are? That's, that's, that's a great takeaway too. It's a nice little Venn diagram that people can at home can at least get started on. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. What, what are you seeing as, as general fears for people when they start talking about their voice? Uh, judgment is probably one of them. Yeah. Judgment, imposter syndrome. I see yeah. a lot of like, I just can't do this because fill in the blank. You can fill yeah. it with whatever. Um, or what people will think about me. What will like? What if people find out that I'm a fraud or that I really don't know what I'm doing? Or what mm. if I totally mess up and ruin everything? <clears throat> okay, good. What are you learning from it? So, have we figured out where imposter syndrome comes from? Because there's, I, I've, uh, I, I think anybody who tries anything has it at some point. And like, I remember writing copy about myself and I felt like such a fraud, even though every single word was true mm-hmm. and it totally blew my mind. Do you have any idea where that comes from? I think it comes from how we're trained as human beings to sit down and shut up and listen to the teacher. And then yeah, right. later we have to get up and share what we're supposed to do, but we've always been told to sit down and shut up and listen mm-hmm. when we've not been taught how to stand up, say something and stand behind it. So I think being able to kind of mm. make that shift Some of us are, some of us are just born that way where we, like, I was the kid who just stood up, said what I wanted to, and didn't really care about it. I didn't know until I was in my late twenties that women didn't ask for the money that they wanted. Like, and I was in a live interview with a reporter and she goes, so why don't women ask for that? And I was like, I don't know. Why don't they? And she's like, are you being funny? I was like, no, do they not? And she's like, well, why don't women do that? I'm like, I'm really confused about your question. Like, I honestly had no idea what she was talking about because every time I wanted something, I would ask for it. If I didn't get it, I would move on. Like, I didn't see that as a hard thing. And it seems that that's a very male thing to do. Like, I'm going to ask for what I want. If I don't get it, then I'm moving on. But women are like, that's fine. I will just sit down and shut up and just do whatever, which I didn't. I didn't know that there was a difference between what men wanted and what women wanted. Like I was, I didn't grow up with that. So I think some of us have like a trained way of doing things versus how the world wants us to do it. And it depends on whether we want to accept that or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got lucky uh, because my mom is the same way. She's there's no, you don't get it. You don't get it. You go forward and find somewhere else to get it. Like it's just, it's not no hard feelings. Just move, just keep on going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't, which don't can be still. a bad thing also. So there's the other yes. side of it, which is like, well, yeah, running through people and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 I found, uh, I have, I got really, 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 really lucky with my parents. They're like, they're, they're as opposite end of the spectrum with certain things, but also very, very much centered in others. And it gave me great, um, uh, great perspective on, on like all the different ways I could possibly understand things. So it's a, it's, it's really cool. And then, and then now I think this way, 
So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's taking the good and the bad. It's looking at which things are yeah. the good things, which are the bad things. And, and none of them are good or bad. It's just what you decide you want to make of it. And how can you take that forward with you and use it for good? Right. Right. Yeah. Nothing is right. Nothing is inherently good or bad. It's, exactly. It's how it's used. Yeah. Yep. Um, cool. Very cool. The, um, so you just made a, if you, if you don't mind me asking, you just made a transition in your business, this yeah. new transition, how is it serving you better? <laughs> I get to love my life. <laughs> nice. That's the biggest yeah. part of it. <laughs> yeah. I get um, it. I definitely get it. Well, the biggest transition for me lately has been that I had a branding agency for eight years and I Mm -hmm. loved it, ran it, made a lot of money, had a big staff, like just the whole thing. Like I, I was successful in it. We'll put quotes around that. Um, And four years ago, a little over four years ago, I went on a trip to Bali and had this, you know, existential moment where I had just broken up with a boyfriend and came back and decided to fire my team and start my own thing and do something different. Like I actually quit my own job, (laughs) which I had built for eight years and decided to be a full-time public speaker. And um, then I met my husband who, you know, and Mm -hmm. that summer I actually manifested him fully, which was Mm -hmm. so fun to be able to bring him in. And um, shortly after that, I COVID hit, you know, like, right after we got married, he and I, and I had been building a speaker training business, which was weird because like I accidentally did that. That's a longer story, but Mm -hmm. I basically wanted a demo video and started training speakers because I needed a demo video and was like, oh, I have friends who want to do the same thing. Awesome. Why don't we just do this? And then I didn't realize that I was building a business again, (laughs) doing something that I didn't know that I really wanted to do. It just kind of happened. And so for a long time, I, the last four years, I've been thinking, oh, I'm a recovering brand strategist who is a speaker trainer now. And Mm -hmm. COVID gave me such a blessing. I can't say in the middle of it that I was excited about it, but it gave me a blessing to realize that I have all of this brand strategy background. I've been helping businesses. Like my last client before I quit was five guys. I helped them do their internal brand, which Mm -hmm. is such a cool project to do. And then I switched into speaker training on accident. So I was like, okay, I'm doing this, but it all ends up being that brand is underlying in all of it, like who we are and how we're showing up and what we're saying. And then I just this year, the transition was that this year I started doing only private client work. So I'm actually doing one-on-one work with people. And the reason I did that was because of COVID and everyone's just like, well, we can't do in-person retreats. We can't do in-person, in-person. And I, I, as an introvert, loved that. I was like, okay, good. I'll stay Mm -hmm. home. And I also really need that one-on-one interaction to keep me fueled and going. So I started a thing that's an immersive weekend where I would do like a three-day weekend, all-inclusive, fully customized to a human being to help them write their talk, like a TED talk or a keynote Mm -hmm. speech or to their team or whatever they're doing. And it became a six to nine month coaching program, one-on-one with each client on their own, the way that they need to do it building their business through their speaking, whether it's getting paid to speak or getting clients from speaking, depending on which way it's going. And I didn't realize that my entire background, 20 years of brand strategy would put all of that in one place and go, I get to do this. And then someone was like, yeah, but you're also like a life coach. I'm like, you shut your mouth and wash that with soap (laughs) because that is not what I'm doing. But it ends up being it's personal development, business building and speaking all at the same time. So I haven't figured out a word for that yet, but I'm disrupting an industry by being fully myself. So I'm in it. I'm with you on that because because when I kind of I try and explain to people what I do with coaching and stuff like that, they're like, oh, you're like a life coach. I'm like, no, 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 no,
if anybody listening uh, knows a better term to use, um, I've heard clarity consultant. Mm. That one, that one's it's a little too fringy for me. It's a little bit, it's like, like, what does that even mean? Like that needs a definition in its own. Uh, but yeah, I'm working on it too. So if I come up with something, I'll let you know. We can let me know. It. I'm in. I would love to hear what you come up with yeah. for that. Do you have like a um um a statement? Like my statement is I help people build, I'm sorry, I help people become more who they are and better at what they do. Like that's how I try and I always I have to, it's been like four years trying to figure that one out. <laughs> and then it finally came to me by accident, like in the middle of the night. Uh, do you have something like that? Yeah, it's at the top of my website. It says I'm hell bent on amplifying oh. your voice. Oh, definitely. Yep. So, that. and that's Saw still that. true. I mean, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just doing it one on one instead of in group settings or yeah. online courses and stuff like that. So, it's, it's all good. just the right people show up. And what's so funny, it's like, and I'm sure you probably feel this way too. I thought I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to update my website and my brand. Like, literally, none of this is on my website. So, even if you do go to melaniesring.com, yeah. you're like, uh, I don't see anything about your private coaching. And what I realized that it's so special that I only want the people that my knowing goes, Oh, you and I should do, th- oh, we should do this. Yep. This would be really great. And once I realized that I was like, Oh, so I don't have to, I don't know if I market that. Okay, cool. I like that. You mean they show up and are like, hi, so what is it that you're doing now? How can I work with you? I want to do that. I'm like, yeah, I don't have to sell anything. Okay. <laughs> It's a super strange thing that because that's I'm kind of going through that right now. Like, so I'm uh, reintroducing my pods program, which is a 12 week coaching program. And all of my my earlier clients just showed up their friends or friends of friends or whatever. And we did our thing. And now it's like, how am I supposed to market this? Like, what what words am I supposed to use? Because I I had such access to these people and they had such access to me where they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to work with you. Let's do something together. And yeah. now, yeah, now it's like, I'm almost shy to put a website up because right. it's not going to do it any justice, you know? Um, but yeah, that's had, an interesting, interesting thing. I had one potential client recently say after we talked and I knew she was the wrong person for me, like wrong, like our second phone call, she actually started yelling at me and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> okay. She's like, I feel like this is a no for you. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm saying. She's like, well then fine. It's a no for me. It's a no for me. I'm not interested. Thank you very much. And I was like, this is so aggressive, but what's funny is she specifically said, hi, so I don't see about the, anything. Did you hide the pages for this? Cause I feel like it should be on your website if you're going to market this stuff mm. and I'm going to need some case studies and I'm going to need testimonials and blah, blah, blah. I was like a type a, huh? This is like, <laughs> no, thank you. This is a whole big, no, thank you. Because it's yeah. about the knowing, like when I look at someone and I know that I can see a path for them and know that I can help them get there. That's when I'm like, yes, let's do this work. Otherwise I'm like, pulling them through their own shit, kicking and screaming. And I don't want to do that. It's it, it's, it repulses me to imagine doing (laughs) that seriously with, with a client, like, because I, I want to, I'm trying to make them awesome. If they don't believe that they had at least can be awesome and see a little bit of what we're, you know, we're seeing together and building together. No, you gotta, like, I'm trying to teach you how to fly. So you gotta be willing to jump. Yeah. It's a hard no yeah. for me. I've, and I, I realized that how much that people pleaser in me used to be like, oh, but I could help you, but I know that yeah. I could pull you up and do this with you. And I also know now that I'm like, that would be so exhausting. Like, yeah. I don't want to do is, that work anymore. There's at least three people. Um, when we were piloting the pods program a year or two ago, that just wouldn't show up or wouldn't mm-hmm. do the things on their list. And I'm like, why? Like, why? 
I mean, two of them was because it was like a, it was trying to do it for free, which oh, they yeah, treated that's as free. That's yep. the worst idea ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then one of them was just like, oh, I'm busy. I'm like, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here to make you not busy and like, mm-hmm. and just get things done the way they're supposed to get done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, it's, it's saying no is, is good. And it's also like, I'm not saying no, because I'm like better than it. I'm saying no out of respect. Like you're not ready and I'm not able, like right. look, we're not, we can't meet right now. Like, yeah. And it's respecting yourself to do it because it's not about yes, the money. Right. You know that you could charge 10 grand a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if they're not ready, they will be so pissed at you for so long that you're just going to be pulling. Yeah. Like, it's going to cost you 20 grand a month just to keep them happy. Yeah. And then therapy. And, well, that's what I'm saying. More therapy. <laughs> Everybody should be in therapy for the record. Everybody exactly. should be in therapy, but you don't want to pay for more therapy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't need to go every day for that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's, I'm very, um, I don't want to say I'm particular, but I'm intentional with who I take on as a client. You and have I just, to I, Yeah, you have to, you really, really do because um, if, I'm kind of going back to what I was saying before, but like, if they don't see their own potential, like that's where we need to start. Like mm-hmm. if you know your own potential, you just don't know how to cross that bridge. I got you covered, you know? Yeah. And like, that's where we have to start because when we were creating like the, the sales flow and all this stuff, I, the, um, the woman doing my sales um, is asked me like, what's the parameters? I was like, do they believe in themselves? Like, do they sound like they believe in themselves? <laughs> like, cause that's, we can start there and then we'll start talking numbers. Um, yeah. But yeah, ever, there's, there's, there's time for everybody, but uh, I don't have time for everybody, unfortunately. Um, no, it's not unfortunate though. It's really knowing, knowing how you can help somebody. I mean, I think it's that knowing I've been calling it knowingness, which mm. I didn't realize I had. So I grew up in a very Christian conservative mm. home as a kid. And I, I met this coach who helped me understand that I have this knowing inside of me, which for the longest time, she was like, but it's there. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking. Can you just give me a plan? Like, I just need to plan. Like if I can just have a plan, then I'll be able to follow it and do the work and whatever. And she's like, Hmm, that's not how it works. And then yeah. I read this book by Rob Bell. He's a, he's, he's actually the guy who started the very first mega church in Michigan. And okay. his book is called everything is spiritual. And he actually quit the church years ago. He hates even being called an ex pastor. Cause he's mm. like, whatever, I don't care. Like this isn't my, my work in the world. And, um, he finally, he explained it in the book, the way that I could understand it that like, oh, so all of my Christianese from when I was a kid, he finally put it into terms and words that I could understand. And she was saying the exact same thing, but it was just the words and how she was doing that, that explained my knowingness is that idea that like, you know, God will tell me something or like something in the universe will tell me something. And the universe is bad, I guess, if you believe that God is the universe or whatever, like there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. And you're like, Mm -hmm. uh, but if I'm, I'm the one who knows, and I know how to tap into my own knowing. That means that I'm on purpose and I'm doing my work the way that I need to. And I'm showing up the way I'm supposed to. So it all goes back to that knowingness. And he was Mm -hmm. talking about it in the book called thingness. Everything has thingness, like a rock has thingness. Thingness. Right. So that's when I started thinking, I'm like, oh, she's talking about knowingness, which is like a whole, like only humans really have knowingness. 
we all, we're the only ones on the planet with knowing this. Like there is instinct. So it's more for of a sense uh, instinct. That's the word I actually should. Yeah. Mean. Yeah. So it's more of an instinct. That's really right. fascinating. Isn't it like being able to really get that. And one of the funny things is, is that book really made me think about my purpose in the world and the path that's gotten me to where I am, but also being able to look back and see the note, like my own knowing in all of those things and going, ah, so when I made that decision, that was from in here. When I made that decision, that was because I asked everyone else what they thought. Mm. Yes. Okay. What's the difference in those and how can I go forward with that? We have a lot of commonalities in our path because <laughs> one, one of the things, one of the things that I teach is, is like, especially when trying to like make larger transformations in people is have a healthy different disregard for reality. And mm -hmm. by having a healthy disregard for reality, you're allowed to see yourself. You're, you're allowed to become the observer, not the participant. Okay. Um, so this has to hold on two seconds with that exact thing right there. I just had this conversation the other day with a woman who I've been working with, and she told me that she came up with this phrase that I feel like you're just going to fall in love with. Are you ready for this? You'll probably <laughs> yes. use it. So I'll have to give you her name so you can use it for that, but it's conscious delusion. Perfect. Beautiful. Like that's conscious, the word for yep. not being real. Like it's realistic in a very, like I'm being very conscious about the fact yeah. that I am fully delusional. And like this thing that I'm about to do is insane and I'm going to do it. And I'm and so excited about doing it. Right. That's why it works because right. you, you're going outside of the norm and you, so you have to think outside the norm. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, um, what's the, what there's, there's another term for like entertainment with, the. Uh, uh, suspension of disbelief. Yes. Like you have to suspend the belief Take them out of the reality yeah. for a moment and show yeah. them something that's totally outside of the reality to be able yeah. to go, Oh yeah, we're going to do it. Any, any level of success I've ever had was, was outside of what I should be capable of. Yeah. And anything that I have had any reasonable amount of success in had very little to do with me except for the idea. <laughs> you know, I had, I had to ask advice from people and hire people and, you know, go watch videos and all these things. So I had to uh, accumulate all these new beliefs and, and new ways to mm -hmm. make something possible with my, my little deluded mind and put it all together. You know, it's, 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 as, it's as simple uh, as painting, painting a photo of, of what's real. If you can, um, if you can take the image of what it is that you want and you can get it down in such hyper detail then, and, and then translate that. I don't know what depends off. You're like, you know, if you're kinetic or, or visual, <laughs> I'm very visual. So if I can imagine something and then I try and translate it to words mm -hmm. and then from like on paper, but then I translate those words to sounds. Mm. And then like, if I can do that, I go through this little process because the, the way I think is, is, hard to express. <laughs> so I have yeah. to go through a little bit of a process and then, and it's, it's once I get to that final process, I can get people on board. Yeah. So it, and it's, that's another thing that I wouldn't say I teach, but there's a translation between thinking, writing, and speaking mm -hmm. uh, that we all have to go through. And that helps me refine my ideas before I even like have a hard conversation with someone. Um, so that, that's a little trick that I, that I have to do, but anything is, is possible if you, believe in yourself and not in reality. Yeah. And it's also being like, it said consciously delusional. Like, you yeah. know, that you're saying like, I want to make a million dollars next year when you only made a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars this year, 
you're, you're being conscious about that delusion. You're like, okay, I know that sounds completely insane. And here's what I'm going to do to get there. And it's that fully being aware of the fact that you are willing to do that crazy thing. And entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. I think we're just made this way. We're made to be consciously delusional. The problem is, is a lot of us get in our own way to say, yeah, I want that thing. But we think we, if I work really hard, which I've done my whole life, work really hard, then I'm going to get it. And I keep thinking, yeah, I could work really hard and get to my goal at the end of this year. Or I, which I've done this year is I can take a day every week to just be and not do, which is probably the hardest thing for an entrepreneur to do is not do because we're used to, I get up, I've been thinking about work since I fell asleep. I'm up thinking I'm moving, I'm doing something. I'm always doing to be able to get it. And we end up in this cycle of moving a lot without actually going anywhere. Yeah. And slowing that down to be able to just be has been such a huge shift for me this year. Yeah. Uh, shortly after my, my, my breakdown and creating Eon, uh, the, the, my, um, I don't know if you'd call it a motto, but one of the things I remind myself is plan, do review, right? Mm-hmm. Take, take time to pause. Um, yeah. I even, um, when, when building people, uh, helping people build schedules to allow, uh, repair, in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's three, there's three different time types that I teach. It's uh, business development time, personal development time and regeneration time. And there's yeah. only certain things you're allowed to do in regeneration time. You can wash the dishes, but you can't write. Yeah. You, know, you can't play guitar. You can't like, you, there's like certain things that are super important. Take a shower. That's mm-hmm. regenerative. That slows our mind down to, to kind of um, uh, clean up the plaque that happens from stress hormones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So downtime is, is the easiest way to build yourself up. And it mm-hmm. sounds, it sounds so ridiculous. Um, but yeah. And that's, and that's why I, I I'm sure you've been burnt out before. Like it's, it's just, it's, <laughs> so many it's times. just like, it's just, and like, and it's always like you sit there and you're burnt outness and you're just like, damn man, that happened again. <laughs> it's like, it's so, so terrible. Uh, but we keep on going back there and it's such an easy fix. It's such an easy But I think fix. we think it's a cycle. I think we think like, oh, yeah. I start a thing. I work really hard. I do the thing. We launch the thing. I get things going and then I burn out. Okay, let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, but what if we stop doing that? How amazing would yeah. things be if we could stop? And our waves, like, I mean, you've seen all of the little posts, memes and whatever on like the waves of entrepreneur. We think it's going to be a straight road and it's up and down right. like crazy yep. hills yep. and, you know, sharks and everything. But in reality, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be so much up and down. We can allow our cycles to be fluid and allow us to be able to come up and back down and choose the energy and how we're using it, which that's such a new concept for me because as I'm just like a high running fast, I've always been this way. I've always just done. Then looking at that going, oh, but why? And has it really served me? And how is it helping me? And how can I make sure I don't keep doing that? Are you familiar with ultradian rhythms? No. Ooh, okay. So I'm sure you know what a circadian rhythm is. It's mm-hmm. our 24 yeah. hour cycle. So yeah. there's three main uh, cycles that humans fall into. There's uh, circadian, which is a 24 hour, an ultradian, which is 120, uh, 190 to 120 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, irradian, which is like a longer three month cycle that our bodies uh, shed and go through some processes. So the ultradian rhythm it's, it's how I, I set my work schedules. So mm. it's it, imagine a ramp that goes up 
And as we're, we're working for those 90 minutes, we're creating stress hormones and it's creating that plaque that I was talking about. And you, you have to take a break around that 90 to 120 minutes and, and release the stress. If you don't, mm. so think of it in the, in the case of a whole day, if you don't, though the amount of time you will be productive and will be focused and will be having the right balance of chemicals gets shorter and shorter and shorter. If you do take those breaks, your ability gets longer and longer and longer throughout the day. So yeah. there's actual science behind taking, taking these breaks. Like yeah. the, the Department of Defense did a study with soldiers, like how, how little sleep can we have them take <laughs> you know, and still be effective? And they kind of reverse engineered this study. I can't, unfortunately, I can't remember the name of the book that this was in, but it's just That's so, awesome. so fascinating that we, we are hyperproductive and we could be so much more productive by taking five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why I think we yeah. also should have a, a whiteboard in the shower. <laughs> I'm, okay. they, have, they have shower crayons. Have you used those Is yet? Really? No, yeah. but I'm yeah. definitely going to get them. If you have a white shower or a light colored shower, yeah. it, it doesn't work as well on um, tile. It does work, but it doesn't work as well mm -hmm. on tile. But you can use those or dry erase oh, yeah. markers. But the crayons are amazing because they're like, they can clean off really easily and they can stay. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. One, one of There's my ideas when I was a kid was uh, something called reflections. I don't know if you know this, but if you take toothpaste and you put it on a glass, the it doesn't get fogged. Ah. So the idea was to put that in a marker so you can write like letters or positive affirmations and stuff like that, or like possibly make stickers that you can like stick on, pull off. Um, that was like it's like seventeen or something like that. So that didn't happen. Yeah. But yeah. That's what I always. That's wanted awesome. Yeah. Well, I have a client that I was, you were talking about taking breaks. Uh, I have a client who was just pushing, 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 pushing in her business and just kept going, 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 going. And I asked her, I said, she's a yoga instructor as well. Like she's, she does crisis management as her main job. And she's also a yoga instructor. And I asked her, I said, so what do you do in between meetings? She's just like, get water and go to the bathroom. And I was like, Ooh, okay. What happens if you put five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes in between every one of your meetings? I said, what, what was your favorite pose in your yoga teacher training? And she goes, Shavasana. And I was like, okay. She's like, for the first couple of weeks, we had to do a lot of that because it's really hard to just let our bodies just lay. And she said, it's a practice to learn how to do that. And I was like, okay, so what if you took five minutes before every meeting or three minutes or two minutes and you had a yoga mat in your office and you just laid on it? She's like, that sounds crazy. I, I was about to okay. say insane. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm like, yeah, but you're a yoga teacher. So you know, the benefits of this. And she said, okay. So she, for the next, next couple of weeks, she started doing it. She's like, I feel so much better. And then she ended up getting one of, you know, those little jumping things you can have for kids. Like the, it's called a rebounder oh, yeah. is what it's called, but yeah. like, it's a little like, the handle. No, it's not even that. It's just like this little tiny thing. It's a little, um, what are they called? The, you jump on them. A trampoline. A trampoline. It's like a mini oh, okay. trampoline. You can put one in your office and put it next to it so she can lay down for five minutes and then jump on that for two minutes, get her energy back up and then get on her meeting. She's like, Melanie, I'm crushing my meetings now to the point oh, that one of rad. her clients was like, I'm just, I have a Mac, I have another meeting starting in a minute. And she's like, so do you take time between your meetings? And she told him what she did. And he, she's like, I'm passing on your goodness to the world. I'm like, yes, that's what it's all about. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's all about. Oh, that is so, so cool. That is cool. Um, we are almost at the top of the hour. Um, any final thoughts to, no, not to put any pressure on, but to rock <laughs> the minds of uh, these kick-ass humans. 
Well, I mean, the the idea of this is to talk about amplifying voices, and we've talked about all sorts of different things on this <laughs> podcast, so we're all over the place in this. But I think the biggest takeaway for me to give you with your voice is to be willing to listen to what you're really needing to say. A lot of us get told, I need you to say this, or I need you to say this. Like even this episode is about amplifying your voice, which we could have gone off on for an entire hour, but we decided to go in different directions. And it still all comes back to it. Cause if we know who we are and we know how we show up and we know how we regenerate and take care of ourselves, it all comes out the way that it needs to, but really knowing that you get a chance to share what you need to share because you have that inside of you and those answers are always in there. So being willing to just sit with yourself and take some time to really think about what does the world need to hear from me today? What does the world need to hear from me before you post that social media post that you have scheduled because this is what I'm posting on Tuesdays, but what does the world really need to hear from you today? Being willing to get outside of that normal schedule or getting outside of what I have to say to be able to say that is going to be the most important shift for most people with amplifying their voices. Couldn't say it better myself. That's so, (laughs) so true. I, I, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Yeah. Get out there and do it. People there's, there's only one you. And there's a lot of people looking for you. Mm-hmm. So excellent. I really appreciate your time. I love talking with you. It's been far too long since the last time we spoke. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I hope to have you on again. And we'll talk way more about what you're doing. <laughs> Yay. I'm happy to do that. Just let me know when. Thank you again for joining us. And if you like what we're doing with the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs and want to show your support, the best way to show some love is to subscribe and leave us an honest review. We also have a Facebook group where we continue these types of conversations and so much more for all of our continued growth. I can't wait to see you in there.